0: Hollow Mountain Publishing presents The Pawn, book one of the Appalachian Storm series, written and performed by Diana Kilpack. Chapter 30. David Knows. Katie walked confidently through the hall of school, ignoring the stares and whispers. She smiled wickedly when a girl saw her and dropped her books. She had been getting that same reaction all morning. Her apparent death may not have caused a whole lot of gossip, but her resurrection was causing a huge response. Walking into the office with a note from her mother excusing her for four days of school was a true classic. The office secretary took one look at her and broke into tears. Principal Davis came out of his office and just at that moment turned white. When he saw her, he reached over and gave her the biggest bear hug of her life. She kept repeating over and over she was fine. They each gave her a dressing down on driving too fast on slick roads. Entering third hour, she could tell Miss Smith hadn't heard the great news of her resurrection. The shocked look? followed by a stack of papers crashing to the floor, was a picture Katie was going to treasure for a long time. Stepping over the papers, she couldn't resist a cheerful, Hello, Miss Smith, before sliding into her chair in the back row. Nice to see you. Alive, Miss Smith said through clenched teeth. Yeah, well, rumors of my demise have been greatly exaggerated. Katie quoted, in the most hillbilly accent she could come up with. She had always loved Mark Twain. Looking towards Tyler and Lizzie, she gave them a wink. Tyler chuckled while Lizzie stared stonily at her. Katie frowned a little at her friend's reaction. She decided to ignore Lizzie's stony presence. She was pretty confident her friend was going to eventually thaw out. Catherine, I would like to see you after class. Katie looked up just as the bell rang. Tyler gave her a thumbs-up, while Lizzie looked nervously from her to Miss Smith. I'll meet you guys later, she said quickly, as she watched them head for the door, waiting patiently for the last person to leave. Turning, she faced Miss Smith, not knowing what to expect. You think you're pretty clever, don't you? Miss Smith said in a very soft but angry voice. Katie tried to think of what she could have done. I'm not sure... You set me up the teacher said through clenched teeth. I... What? Katie had no idea what she was talking about. Are you telling me you have no idea how Mr. Davis got all your graded papers from my class? She had completely forgotten the episode in Mr. Davis's office a week before. She now remembered she had thrown her folder on the principal's desk. Wow! Davis must have looked over her homework. Her assessment of the man went up several notches. I see through your stupid expression. You know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm not going to let a spoiled little girl get the best of me. If you want to take me on, let's see how far you really want to take this. The teacher stepped closer. Then rumors of your demise will be right on target. The animal spirit inside jumped as the threat lingered in the air. Katie took slow, small breaths, trying to control the heat building inside her. Are you threatening me? I stomped on bigger things than a smart-ass little girl like you, the teacher shot back. Katie couldn't believe what she was hearing. I really don't know what your problem is, lady, but you need to get over. What do you know about problems? What do you know about anything? Katie felt she was on a tightrope with no safety net. She kept watching the older lady get more heated by the minute. What do you know? Miss Smith demanded, her voice rising. Katie tried sustaining her own heat. As the animal spirit recognizing an unknown danger was awakening, it was coming to life in her chest. Keeping silent, Katie took steady breaths. Oh, you kids, just like Elizabeth. You think you always know better than anyone else. You sit there judging people, spreading her filthy lies. The old woman mumbled under her breath. Katie caught the name and stepped a little closer, despite her better judgment. You knew Elizabeth Hawk? Of course I knew Elizabeth. I knew her long before she called herself Elizabeth, the old woman said bitterly. What is she saying about me? Lies, all lies. Her and Forrest, the old lady spat the names out. They're laughing at me. All these years, they're laughing at me. Telling everyone about me, how I couldn't keep my man. Everyone thinks she's so loving and kind. Well, I know different. She stabbed me in the back and took my man from me. Shock vibrated through Katie's body. She tried not to show any emotion. She was trying to get as much information as possible before the old woman came to her senses and stopped speaking. She thinks she's so smart warning me, telling me I can't retaliate against you kids. She thinks she can keep me in line. I am no longer under her command. I can do whatever I want. Miss Smith zeroed in on Katie. I'm no longer under her orders. And you. She pointed a bent finger towards her. You're my first target. Katie felt the threat wash over her, ignoring the heat for a moment. How long exactly have you known Elizabeth Hawk? The old head snapped up, her unclear eyes sharpened. What do you know? The old woman demanded. How much do you know? Katie felt the heat reaching out, starting to consume her. Turning blindly, she ran for the door. Opening the door, she bolted with the old lady screaming behind her. Rounding the corner, she ran headlong into David. Whoa! Where are you going? I need to talk to you, David said, trying to hold on to her. I'm losing control! She yelled, struggling. She jerked her arms free and ran to the door. She had a large parking lot to cross before the outline of trees meant safety. Running as fast as she could, she felt the heat building inside of her, wanting to explode. Running full out, she thought she was going to make it when someone grabbed her from behind. Whirling around, she frantically fought the arms that held her tight. Why are you so afraid of me? David demanded. Why does a total stranger give me more information about my sister's death than her best friend? He held her tight, his voice raising, his face contorted in anger. I can't! Frantically, she fought to get out of his grip. They both heard a growl coming from the woods. David's hold loosened, his eyes growing wide. He placed himself between her and the large panther that stepped out of the trees. The large cat snarled louder, stepping closer to the couple and looking like he was about to attack. Katie took the opportunity to pull out of David's arms. No, Jackson, go back. He's not hurting me. Knowing she had only seconds, she took three steps away from David and changed. Two more steps, she was in the safety of the woods. A weight lifted off her shoulders. She felt free and alive. I'm back, her thoughts rang out. You just couldn't have waited another 10 feet before you changed, Jackson said dryly. "'Hey, I'm lucky I didn't change in the classroom in front of Miss Smith,' she retorted. She started rolling around in the grass. "'What are you doing?' Jackson asked. "'I have no idea, but it feels really good.' "'You should try it,' said Katie, reveling in the feel of grass on her neck and back. "'Aren't you forgetting something?' Jackson said in a low, patient voice. Katie rolled over on her stomach. "'Oh, crap!' I wouldn't exactly say that, but yeah. Oh, crap. Jackson lay down beside her. Do you want to take bets on him following you into the woods? Katie didn't have to think very hard. The black family had no idea how to quit on anything. She lay there quietly for a minute, wondering when David was going to show up. It didn't take long. Katie, are you in here? The words came out softly, hesitantly. I have to give him credit, Jackson said. He's got a set. Katie laid her head down, not really wanting to face David. I wonder if he still wants to go to prom with me. Jackson gave out a choking sound. Can you ask him? No, not a chance. Jackson was shaking his head. It's not going to happen, Katie. Katie, are you all right? She laid her head on the ground, reaching out with her mind. Lizzie! Can you bring me some clothes? She quickly explained where she was. She heard Candy and Tyler immediately start asking questions. Jackson shook his head over the noise and confusion that now bombarded their minds. Looking up, she saw David step into view. His face was anxious, but not afraid. If she stood up, she would be face to face with him. She knew how big she was. She didn't want to advertise it. Lowering her head, she tried to appear as small as possible. Oh, for crying out loud, Jackson mumbled in her mind. Turning into human form, Jackson stood in front of David. He folded his arms in defiance. Katie wants to know if you still want to go to prom with her. David's eyes never left Katie. Why can't she ask me herself? Because if she changes back into human, she'll be naked. Jackson explained like he was talking to a five-year-old. So, my guess is you have no problems being naked. David shot back. Jackson's face registered surprise. Then he turned to face Katie, a cocky smile forming on his face. You can't see me wearing clothes. He stressed, staring at Katie. You're not wearing any clothes, David pointed out. Says you, Jackson retorted. Katie swiveled her head between David and Jackson. What does that mean? It means he doesn't possess the gene to turn into a werecat. Jackson answered with his thoughts. The smile growing larger on his face. He started rocking back on his heels, trying to hold in his glee. Where are you guys? Came a loud voice behind David. David turned around. Katie could see Tyler crashing through the underbrush. He stopped dead when he saw David. Uh, what are you doing here? How did you know where we were? David immediately questioned Tyler. Tyler looked between Jackson and Katie. Before he smiled, David's here, and he knows, Tyler announced to Candace and Lizzie. Questions and explanations immediately bombarded their minds. Katie winced the same time as Tyler and Jackson. David sat there, his head swiveling between the three of them. You can communicate without speaking? he guessed. Tyler grinned, slapping David on the back. Aw, man, I've been dying to talk to you. I know you must be freaked out. First time I saw Katie turn, I thought I must be in an episode of The Twilight Zone. Katie was the first one to turn. No, sorry, I'm wrong. Jackson was the first one to turn. He turns into a black panther. As you can see, Katie turns into a huge white wolf. Lizzie turns into a cheetah. And Candace turns into a snow leopard. I turn into a cool African lion. Katie sat watching Tyler speak. Before this moment, she was sure he had never said more than one sentence a day. We can talk with our minds. Candace is now lamenting over the fact that once again she's far away and missing out. Lizzie has gone to get clothes for Katie. Candace is the girl Katie tried to take out during a basketball game? David asked. Now she seems to be her best friend? Katie had no idea how observant David had been in her life. Yeah, Tyler agreed. Katie saved her from... Jackson immediately turned back into a black panther and snarled loudly. Tyler jumped back, looking apologetically towards the black cat. Sorry, dude. Just because he knows we're animals doesn't mean we tell him our whole life story. Jackson retorted through his thoughts. Tyler shifted uneasily on his feet. Sorry. He turned to David, pointing to the panther. He's the baddest fighter I've ever seen. He can pretty much wipe the floor with me, and I'll be happy he doesn't kill me. Tyler shifted again on his feet. By the way, Candace is ecstatic you know what's going on. She thinks we all need a little black common sense. David's eyes narrowed. Sam was a part of this. Katie felt the hairs on her back rise. Jackson sat down beside her, a low growl emanating from him. Tyler laughed, shaking his head. None of us wanted this to happen. Well, Sam seemed to be a little too excited when she showed the symptoms. The spirit of the great white tiger chose us to protect this place. The people here, Tyler reiterated. The great white tiger, David repeated. Tyler frowned. Yeah, I thought all of you knew about the old sugary legend. Katie made a quick explanation with her thoughts towards Tyler. He cocked his head, listening to her. Oh, I didn't know, Tyler said out loud. Katie says every year the woman would sit around the fire, and old Elizabeth Hawk would tell the woman about the legend of the great white tiger. She says you should go home and ask your mom. Elizabeth Hawk's name reminded Katie of her conversation with Miss Smith. Lizzie, Katie reached out with her mind. I think Forrest is your grandfather, she quickly explained to everyone her conversation with the old woman. Questions and speculations were swiftly flying around so fast, Katie had a hard time keeping up. Looking up, she saw David's eyes boring into her. Are you guys all communicating without me being able to hear? David eventually said, Sorry, dude. It's easy to forget you can't hear also. Tyler apologized. Katie just mentioned an argument she had with Miss Smith. She thinks the old biddy is connected to Forrest and old Elizabeth Hawk. Katie thinks Forrest? is our Lizzie's grandfather. Lizzie came crashing through the brush, a backpack dangling from her arm. Sorry it took so long. I was parked on the other side of the building. She threw the bag down. Katie looked at the three guys expectantly. Jackson got up and turned into human form. He grabbed David by the arm and slowly turned him away from Katie. All three guys faced the other way. David kept glancing over at Jackson. Jackson. Katie got up, expecting to change back into human form. She concentrated. Still nothing happened. She hadn't felt this frustrated since her first week. Jackson and Tyler started chuckling when Lizzie explained the situation to them. What? David asked, turning towards Jackson. Katie can't turn back into human form. It's like she's a puppy all over again, Tyler answered. Katie laid her head on the ground, defeated. She hasn't been able to communicate. A change in animal form since Sam died, Tyler explained. She almost lost complete control and turned into a wolf in the school building. Now, she doesn't know how to turn back into human. The sound of the bell had all the students lifting their head in unison. I'm going to get behind again, Katie lamented. One more day's not going to make that much difference, Jackson said out loud. Don't worry, I'll sign you out, David said reassuringly. Tyler and Lizzie started heading back to the school. David got down on his haunches. I can understand why you had a hard time telling me, Katie. I am glad I was here, to finally be able to understand. David stood up, I and Jackson warily. How did you get all those scars, Jared? Do not call me by that name, Jackson said, a threat evident in his voice. You will get me and my family killed. David folded his arms not backing down from Jackson's threat. He gave a quick, stiff nod, showing he understood. Jackson gave him another long stare and changed back into a panther. Flicking his tail in the air, he disappeared into the brush. David watched him go, then turned to Katie. We'll talk later. His smile was tight. Just so you know, I still want to go to prom with you. Katie nodded. Getting up, she turned and followed Jackson out of sight. Jackson was running at full speed, knowing Katie would follow. She stretched her legs to catch up. It felt good to run again. She laughed, jumping over fallen trees and dodging boulders. It didn't take long till she was running beside him. Looking his way, she could tell he was going as fast as he could. Making her legs stretch further, she passed him, laughing in exhilaration. Leaving him behind, she eventually slowed down to wait for him. Pausing by a large tree, she waited. Lifting her head up to smell the air, she was just in time to jump out of the way. He came crashing down from up above her. Rolling around, they played and fought for a while. She could tell he was again limiting his fight to match hers. Stopping to rest, Jackson leaned over. You really are a terrible fighter. Well, I hope to remedy that, Katie pouted, acting offended. Jackson chuckled. When I think of all those seekers, scared to death of you. Well, that's what happens when I get credit for something I didn't do. Katie frowned, looking over the trees. What is it? Katie turned towards Jackson. He was so attuned to her every emotion. I was just thinking about some of the things Miss Smith said. Jackson got up and moved closer. What exactly did she say? Katie went into greater detail on everything Miss Smith said to her. Jackson listened attentively, not interrupting. When she was finished, he lay down and rested his head on his paws. It sounds like she's a were-animal. No way. She is the most hateful person I have ever met. She went into detail about the time she and David shoveled snow and she called the cops on them. Did you hear the term she used? Jackson pointed out. She has known Elizabeth Hawk before she called herself Elizabeth. I am no longer under her command. Jackson quoted, Tyler, Lizzie, and myself are all in her English class. We not only talk to each other, but that is where Lizzie had her little daydream. She never responded or even showed she could hear us. Seekers talk to each other. You can't hear them, Jackson said. Maybe it's a different frequency or something. Can you hear the seekers talk to each other? Jackson nodded. It's just as easy for me to hear the seekers as it is for you to hear Candy. Candy. I used to have to concentrate really hard to even talk to you. Headaches were incredible. Katie nodded, remembering how bad her headache was just trying it that one time. Now, I can hear both sides. No problem at all. That night when Lizzie was changing, I reached out to you. You told me everyone could hear me. How was that possible? If they couldn't hear me before or after? Jackson stopped to consider. I was new to my abilities then. I wasn't sure what was going on. You must have accidentally got into the frequency of the Seekers. You were trying to reach me, a Seeker. Katie thought about it for a moment. When you warned me to turn back it was a trap, I reached out to Candy. She asked me where I was. She couldn't get through to me for several minutes. Jackson nodded. It makes sense. For those moments, you were only turning to the Seeker frequency. Katie remembered talking to Forrest in the library. She told him how she had thought Forrest was trying to talk to her. She felt the pressure in her mind but couldn't hear him. Is it possible for Forrest, Miss Smith, and old Elizabeth Hawk to be animals? Jackson shook his head. I don't know. When I first became a seeker, I was told not to go around that particular cabin, unless I wanted to die an early and painful death. He turned his head to face her. Remember when I asked you where you were when you first found the cabin? You told me you didn't know. Some cabin in the woods owned by a guy named Forrest. I was once again reminded I was walking on fire. Katie felt the wind shift. Her nose twitched when an unfamiliar smell filled her senses. She felt Jackson tense. You smell that? Jackson got up and faced the wind. He started trotting towards the smell. Katie watched him leave and then decided to follow. They were deep in the forest, following the scent. It became stronger. The closer they got, the more unpleasant it became. Katie was surprised when they came upon fresh four-wheeler tracks. Following them, they came upon a camp. One of the poles was broken in the circular tent, causing it to cave on one end. Clothes and camping equipment was scattered around haphazardly. Katie felt uneasy as she surveyed the destroyed camp. Jackson had disappeared from around the tent. Deciding to follow, she stopped short when she saw two bodies. It appeared to be a man and his preteen son. Katie immediately stepped back, feeling sick. She couldn't believe it when Jackson stepped closer, his nose to the ground. Katie, come here. What? No way. Katie, you need to come here. Not really understanding, Katie slowly stepped forward, averting her face from the bodies. Smell this. Jackson commented. No. Katie was breathing through her mouth, trying not to smell at all. Katie, you want me to teach you? School starts now, Jackson stated. Come over and smell this. Katie took another step. Her stomach twisted when she saw the frozen, scared expression on the boy's face. She slowly lowered her head and gave a small inhale. She had smelled this scent before she realized. Breathing in deeper... The memory flashed into her mind. She smelled this when she and Candace were trying to save Jackie Oakland from Central High. Sergis? Yes. Jackson stepped around the body sniffing. Smell here. Katie hesitated a moment, then came over and sniffed. The scent was unfamiliar. James Smith, Jackson informed her. He became a seeker after I became one. He shook his head. I felt sorry for him and tried to protect him. Now look at him. Look at what he's become. His head close to the ground, he went around the camp. He made sure Katie followed close behind as he showed where the attack originated and how the two humans tried to fight and lost their battle. He showed her where the two Seekers left. Katie was ready to leave long before Jackson. She finally breathed a sigh of relief when he headed back towards her home. They traveled for several miles before either one said anything more. Unable to stand the silence. What makes them change, Jackson? I don't know, Katie. The only thing we are asked to do is turn were-animals into seekers. We are not trusted with any other information or duties other than that. If that's the case, how come you have never felt the urge to eat human flesh? Jackson didn't say anything for a while. Maybe. It's because I never actually changed anyone into a seeker. You think that's it? I don't know, Katie. I honestly don't know. There's another thing that's really bothering me. Jackson waited a couple of moments to formulate his words. This is my territory. I don't understand. Katie was afraid to hear Jackson's reply. They are moving into my territory, which means they no longer consider this area dangerous. Hi, this is Diana Kilpak. If you are tired of waiting a week before the next chapter is revealed, you can always go online to AppalachianStorms.com and download the audiobook. The cost is around $10. The audiobook is also listed on Amazon's Audible. But once again, if you are enjoying this podcast, please tell your friends and family about it. And as always, until our imaginations meet again, have a great day.